Did a witch enact her vengeance against a small town in Mississippi? And then we take a look at one of the newest theories to come out on the internet. Was 9-11 really a time travel experiment? And, and, hold on, hold on. I'm not done yet. And, I have found an audio clip that'll blow your mind. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys really are having a great day. Hope everyone is safe. And yeah, I just hope everything's working out for you guys. So let's go ahead and jump into our first story. We're just going to go right into this. So let's hop on board the Carpenter Copter. We are going to a small little town somewhere in Mississippi. I don't know exactly where it's at, but I do know it's along the Yazoo River, because and the town is called Yazoo. So, pretty easy to find. We're just going to fly around until we see a river, and then land and ask if this is the Yazoo River, and when the people are like, no, we just keep flying around. There can't be that many rivers in Mississippi, right? So, as we're flying around, we also have to go back in time, so... I don't know what sound effects I've done before, but anyways, all of them. All the sound effects play at once. We are in the year 1884. There's a witch living on the edge of town. And fishermen, because she lived on the edge of town, towns by a river, ergo she lives by the river, right? Fishermen go out to fish. And what they found out was fishermen weren't coming back from fishing. And the town sheriff is sitting there. In that wooden chair, that rocks, rocking chair, rocking chair, rocking chair in his police station because he's super casual. Boots up on the desk, twirling his gun. And people are like, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, Joey Fisherman hasn't come back from fishing. And I forgot the cop's name I made up. We'll just call him Jerry. Maybe that's the same name. I don't remember. And and Officer Jerry, Sheriff Jerry goes, nah, wait, well, I'll, 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 I'm rocking in my chair right now. I'll get it. I'll, I'll work it out later and the people leave. And then the next day, someone else comes back and they go, "Uh, Samuel, the fisherman, the old dude who who fishes all the time, he's gone. Sheriff Jerry is like, that's a little suspicious. And this goes on. He's not a very good cop, if you're not picking up on this. He's not a very good cop. But eventually, after half the fishermen are gone, he's like, I should go find out what's going on down there. So the sheriff finally gets out of his rocking chair and gets all suited up. And goes out to the witch district to find out... Actually, he doesn't go to the witch district. He doesn't know the witch has anything to do with this yet. He goes to the river to look for the fishermen and can't find any fishermen. He's like, oh, that's interesting. And so then the witch's district is right next to it. He's like, oh, I got to go pick up that Eye of Newt, right? I want to cut through the witch's district, buy some Eye of Newt. He's walking through the witch's district. Witches are like, curses, curses. They got carts full of, like, goblins in them. He's like, I don't need any of those. But as he's looking through the witch's district... He starts finding chopped up people. And he's like, ah, I need to find out who's chopping up these bodies. And not only were these bodies being chopped up, there were signs of torture. And these were the fishermen, if it wasn't obvious. The fishermen were showing up to fish on the lake. And then the witch would get them and torture them and then chop them up. Well, I don't even know if she chopped them up, okay? The point is that she tortured them and murdered them. I don't know where the, the dismemberment came from. Anyways... Witch runs, the witch takes off because she realizes she's done for. She's been caught by Officer Sheriff Jerry. She's been caught by Sheriff Jerry. 
So there's a pursuit. There's a musical montage. He's like running through the jungle. They're playing some 80s song. Ooh, 1884 song. So it's like a musical montage with a banjo. And as they're moving through the jungle, the forest, the forest, I got caught up in my own story. As they're running through the forest, the witch is like looking behind her and she sees Sheriff Jerry getting closer and closer and like song highway to the danger zone going on she's like where's that music coming from she's running and she jumps into quicksand and she's about waist deep in quicksand right and the sheriff gets there and his deputies have magically appeared and they show up and she turns around (laughs) she turns around as she's in the quicksand and she raises her fist to them and she says in 20 years i will return and burn this town to the ground. Drowns in the quicksand. Okay? The sheriff's like, oh. Well, at the end of that case, I don't have to do any more investigation. My only witness who I never questioned drowned in quicksand that she must have been responsible for all of these murders, right? We jump ahead. Spoiler alert. 20 years. May 25th, 1904, a massive fire rips through the town of Yazoo. Huge fire. 324 buildings burned, and nobody to this day knew how the fire started. The the people said that there was a young couple getting married, and somehow they think that the fire may have started there, but it moved through the town. The people said it looked like it was supernaturally controlled as it jumped from building to building and going inside and then knocking on a door and opening it and walking, little flame walking inside and people waking people up, and they're like, oh, and they jump out the window. And then the flame's like, <laughs>, laughs, and then jumps to the other building, gets on a bus, drives around town. The people had no idea how this fire spread. And here's a quote. You go, Jason, it's just the wind. Wind makes fire do stuff. And to idiots, wind seems supernatural. Ah, ah, stop. You can't debunk this story. This story's ironclad. Quote, here's a quote I found on an article. Quote, area weather reports from May 25th, 1904. Make no mentions of high winds in the area. Case closed, obviously. Because if I can't trust a weather report written in 1904, what can you trust? And especially if I can't fi- if I can't trust a website making such a bold claim, then oh, then who can I trust? Anyways, that's the claim. Day after the fire, everyone goes to the town cemetery as you do, because your first inclination is to check on the witch. 324 buildings burned, remember. But the first thing you want to do is go to the graveyard. Check on the grave of the witch. And when they got to the grave of the witch, they noticed that the chains that were wrapped around the gravesite, so there's like four posts and there's chains around them, were broken. It's like the witch broke the chains and escaped. See, the chains were put there to keep her in place, right? Because what else could keep a ghost in place coming out of a grave than four chains. Not like she could shimmy under them. Not like she could just float under them. Not like she could just pop out of someone else's grave because she's a ghost, right? She can just go through the ground, pop out of someone else's grave. They saw that the chains were broke, and here's our final statement on this story. Current local lore says that when all of the chains are gone from her grave, the witch will return again to exact her revenge on Yazoo City. To this day, our cemetery sextons, mm, sexy, our cemetery, not the cemetery part, not the cemetery. Think about it, sextons, you know, ton of sex. 
I have no idea what a sexton is. To this day, our cemetery sextons, it might be something super gross, actually. It might be like 80-year-old men like who inject stuff into bodies. On with the quote. To this day, our cemetery sextons are very careful to keep the chains repaired and in place, though they are often broken again very soon after being repaired. That's the story of the Witch of Yazoo. Now, there are a lot of people who believe this story. And I wanted to highlight this story for two reasons. One, because I love the idea of people falling into quicksand. I think that's hilarious. That's not the only reason. I didn't talk about this for ten minutes just because I wanted to tell a story about quicksand. The story's stupid. And and the thing, and, and listen, here's the thing. I, I might as well talk about this right now because I, I think you can obviously tell there's a bit of a different tone to the episode today. It was a rough weekend. We had a lot of bad news this weekend. And it was funny because when I wanted to do this episode, I said, let me try to find some stuff that's kind of funny. And then I realized that I would probably be better suited if I found stories that made me mad. Because I'm just, it's just, it sucks. Like, it's just been such a bad news day um, that I was like, yeah. So, (laughs) I was, yeah. Anyways, let's look into this legend. Again, a lot of people believe in this story. But let's take a look at it. And there's urban legends I've talked about, like the Wandering Bus of Philadelphia, which I said this is an urban legend and it's fake, but it says something to us. I've talked about the Bunny Man story a couple episodes back. Same thing, but that story had some basis and truth. Let's look at this story here from the point of view of a human being with brain cells. There's a witch murdering fishermen. She's able to get away with them a long time. She tortured and killed them. How do they know? How do they know she tortured him? How do they know she killed him? None of the details are ever revealed in any of these things. Sheriff goes out to the witch's hut, goes to arrest her. She takes off. That's a rational, uh, that's a rational part of the story. That is what would happen in real life. If you were, if you were murdering people, a cop showed up, you're going to run. Or if you were into any nefarious activities or just a witch in 1884 and a bunch of cops show up outside your house, you're going to run. That part makes sense. She runs and she falls in quicksand. And then she turns around and says, in 20 years, I'm going to burn your town to the ground or something like that and drowns. And the sheriff is just watching the whole thing. Here's my question. Why would the sheriff tell anyone that story? Why would he? He goes back into town and they're like, hey, Jerry, did you get the witch? He's like, no, but she did tell us we're all doomed to die in 20 years. Like, why would you tell that part of the story? You're not going to spread that version around town because people are already petrified that this witch has murdered a bunch of people. Also, no record of anyone being tortured or murdered in this city back then. So then they, her, the, the, the fire starts. Is burnt. There was actually a fire. And I think that shows, I think that tells you why this story was created. But there was actually a fire. A bunch of buildings were burned. Not a ton of casualties. Actually, any casualties that I could have could see, but I could be wrong on that. There could have been three or four or whatever. It's tragic. I'm not saying that that's an okay number. But they, the town burns down. That, that's true. And then the next day they go to the graveyard and they go to her grave with the chains and stuff like that. How do they get the body out of the quicksand? Why would they get the body out of the quicksand? If they dug up a witch out of the quicksand, if they decided to go through all that effort to get an old dead woman out of sandy water, why would you then take her to your graveyard in town and bury her and put chains around it? And don't tell me it's protect us from her magic because it would have been easier just to a leave her in the quicksand if you actually thought she was magical you could have cremated her because she didn't have any family or friends no one was going to care or you put her in an unmarked grave the truth of the matter is nobody knows who's buried in that grave that has the chains around it and then the idea of any town official who says we have to repair these chains or the witch will destroy us all should 
automatically lose their seat. Any town official who says we need to keep these these chains repaired, otherwise will be destroyed, is w- would not be a town official for long. And, again, let's put logic to the story. Do you have chains wrapped around a grave that keep breaking, right? And, and really, I mean, I dispute the... F- First off, I dispute the fact that any part of the story is real except for the fire. I definitely dispute the fact that to these days, these chains keep breaking. If I'm wrong and these chains keep breaking... Buy chains from somebody else. Because if any other, if you bought, if you had a car that kept breaking down, you're not going to be like, well, if I let it break down all the way, witches are going <laughs> to destroy me. I got to keep repairing this car. No, you would sell the car or return it. You wouldn't just keep repairing that car over and over again on the off chance that the one day you decide to take it to the auto lot, a bunch of witches come out of it. That is probably one of the most stone... Here's the thing. There's two different audiences for urban legends. 12-year-old kids and idiots. I do enjoy reading urban legends because it speaks to me as a... I have the thought process of a 12-year-old kid. When I initially am reading it, I'm thinking, oh, that's spooky, you know, witch. Witch in the quicksand. Oh, that's kind of cool. Witch, quicksand, witch. But then the second I finish it, or actually this story while I was reading, I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Like, why did they get her body out of there? Wait a minute. And idiots. People who go, oh no, that's totally true. I believe it. My cousin saw the witch's ghost. He was also trapped in quicksand. He turned to the side and there was a witch standing there. You know, I mean, like, there's a certain point where the entertainment factor of a story just flat out becomes insulting. Some urban legends are Transformers 3. Which means it's very well crafted and tells a good story. You know it's not real, but it's entertaining. Some urban legends, however, are Transformers 5, which really insults your intelligence, and you, in the end, you feel bad that you spent any amount of time listening to them. This one was a Transformers 5. That'll be our new ranking system for urban legends. Just, I'm disappointed in you, town of Yazoo. So, yeah, that is the story of the Witch of Yazoo. Was that, was that, did that appeal to you? Was it, were you not entertained? I have to say, I have to say at this point, that that was pretty cathartic to do, to basically take some some town's urban legend, a town that no one's ever heard of, and just rip into pieces. That did make me feel a little bit better. But let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Now, our next story, hopefully, will be less irritating to me. We're going to talk about the tried, the true, the you can't kill it with fire conspiracy keeps coming back to life. 9-11. Now, 9-11, we, I, we've talked about on the show a hundred times. It's basically the granddaddy of conspiracy theories. It used to be JFK, but that's not, that's not really relevant anymore. That's, what you're, that's your grandpa's conspiracy theory. But 9-11 was 18 years ago, so people keep coming out with conspiracy theories about 9-11, and they get dumber. They get dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber as time goes on. And you think, Jason, I think you're just still a little wound up. That witch casts a spell on you. No, that's not the case. She might have, but... There's a video out there right now called 9-11 Planes Traveled in Time. No, oh, by the way, no slash between the 9 and 11, so technically he's saying 911 planes traveled in time, but that's nitpicking, and this video is so ridiculous, we don't even have to really nitpick it. We can dive right into this video. This is the claim. This is the claim that's being made. First off, before I get into the claim, let's talk about the evidence, because that's really important, right? You've got to find out the evidence. The first piece of evidence this guy presents to us is... A commercial for a car, and guess what the model of the car is? Porsche 911. Porsche 911 car. So, and it travels in time. 
in the commercial, right? If, if the guy gets in an old version of a Porsche and drives and he goes through a time portal, then it's the brand new Porsche. And the commercial says, time travel might always remain a dream, but we're working on it. Porsche 911, time travel, ergo 911 represented time travel. <laughs> Forget the Porsche. Forget the Porsche part. I'm surprised they didn't try like adding up the, each number of each letter and it adds up and then you divide it by six and then add 16 and it would keep doing stuff until it reaches 911. But anyways, forget the Porsche part. You got to forget that part and just focus on the number 911 and then that tagline. And here's this other piece of evidence. When the plane hits the building, it disappears. Right? We all saw that. The, I mean, obviously, logically, it did disappear. It disappeared into the building. It's like when a plane hits a... It's not a cartoon. Bugs Bunny wasn't flying it. It didn't hit the building, crumple up, and then fall to the ground. Like, yes. Yes, you're right in a sense. The plane disappeared from view because it smashed into a building going full speed. But to him, it just simply ceased to exist. Ceased to exist, right? So do you have any proof of that? Well, before he gets into that, before he gets into where the plane went, or if it did really disappear, he starts talking about Back to the Future. So we did an episode, I don't know, maybe a month or two back, about did Back to the Future predict 9-11? And it was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, but the answer is no, it didn't. But this guy starts citing that video and starts saying, did you know, did you know that Back to the Future predicted 9-11? And, but see, he goes in a different route with it, luckily, because I didn't want to just do a repeat of that. He goes in a different vein. He says, the car in Back to the Future, has to go 88 miles an hour. So remember that number, 88 miles an hour. It has to go 88 miles an hour. And Doc, not Doc Martin, Doc Brown, at the end of the first one, when everyone piles in the car, he goes, where we're going, we don't need any roads. Car takes off. Like an airplane. And in the first movie, when the car crashes into a barn, when he first goes, when Marty McFly first goes back in time, crashes into a barn, Farmer comes out and goes, it looks like some sort of airplane. And the YouTube dude, the guy who's making this video, goes, no, it doesn't. And then he moves on to the next point. But he's trying to say that the car is an airplane. And people think it looks like an airplane, but it's not an airplane. But in the end, it actually flies like an airplane. And the only vehicle that doesn't need roads is an airplane. I mean, forget boats or hydrofoils or any other, like, blimps. The only thing that needs doesn't need a road is an airplane and 88. 88 miles an hour. 88 is the key to his conspiracy theory. For some reason, he gets stuck on the number 88, and the rest of his video is talking about the number 88. Now, we get into the weird stuff. Because the idea of people, of the planes disappearing, have we've heard about before. We've heard, dude, and trust me, it's going to get really bizarre. We've, we've heard about the planes disappearing before. That was an early conspiracy theory that the planes are just holograms because they simply just smashed into the building and just seemed to disappear. Remember, again, disappeared from view is different than disappearing. It's baby logic. If one of your friends gets up and leaves the room, you don't go, oh no, my friend disappeared, I can't see him anymore, and then they come back and you go, oh. But some people don't understand that. So when they see something smash into a wall and it disappears from view, it's disappeared. It doesn't exist anymore. So anyways, that's not a new theory that the planes just disappeared. Uh, 9-11 being predicted by uh, Back to the Future. My head, I'm just leaning against my hand at this point. 9-11 being predicted by Back to the Future is not a new theory either. 
But this is, this is, okay, let's get into this. Now, I'm going to have to shred it to pieces before we put it back together. He goes on to connect Donald Trump, and this isn't going to get political, so don't reach for the off button now. Donald Trump was connected to the time travel experiment. Again, he never really says what happened. He just believes the planes went in time. He never even makes a statement if they went in the past or they went into the future. He just says time travel was involved. It's super, super vague conspiracy theory. He says, Donald Trump, we've covered this as well. Donald Trump has all these connections to time travel. His uncle took all of Tesla's designs and he gave Donald Trump time travel machine and the story of Baron Trump. We covered that on Donald Trump as a time traveler. That was our Thanksgiving episode. You can listen to that one if you'd like to as well. I think that's a good episode as well. But but he had ties Trump into 9-11 time travel in two other ways. In this YouTube video about 9-11 time travel, the person who... I didn't write down the dude's name. So, his name is Defeating the Sun. Uh, The YouTube video, you actually be able to check out. It's in the show notes and all that stuff. But Defeating the Sun says this. Okay? says this. If so, I just took away two minutes to go look up his name, and it was a breath of fresh air. I didn't have to concentrate on this nonsense. So... Donald Trump's quote regarding 9-11. He plays this audio clip of Donald Trump. And what happened was Donald Trump had called up a local news station on the morning of 9-11 as the, all of the chaos was going on. And he's talking, he's doing an interview with these guys. And this is what he says. If you know anything, and he's, they asked him specifically about how the buildings were built and stuff like that because he's a uh, real estate developer. So he would know, have a basic knowledge of so this is what he said. If you and I got to read it verbatim here. If you know anything about structure, it was one of the first buildings that was built from the outside. The reason the World Trade Center had such narrow windows is that in between all the windows you had this steel on the outside. So you had the steel on the outside of the building. That's why when I first looked and you had big heavy eye beams when I first looked at it, I couldn't believe it because there was a hole in the steel. And this is steel that was, you remember, the width of the windows of the World Trade Center. Folks, I think you know, if you were ever up there, they were quite narrow. And in between was this heavy steel. I said, how could a plane, even a plane, even a 767 or 747 or whatever it might have been, how could it possibly go through this steel? So, what defeating the sun is saying and what Donald Trump is saying is that the reason why the windows were narrow on the World Trade Center was because there, the, all of the steel of the building was on the outside. Normally, there's more steel columns in the middle. And when they built this World Trade Center buildings, they wanted to be super sturdy. They were trying a new thing where they were putting it all on the outside, basically creating an armor system. And he said the reason why the windows were so narrow up there as opposed to other complexes in New York or even around the world, because they had all that steel. They didn't have a lot of room for the windows. And basically what he's saying is that, from what he understands, he doesn't understand how a plane could go through that heavy of steel. And that's the end of the quote on Defeating the Sun's topic. Now, I did have to go and research that a little more, just to make sure I understood the context. But we'll get to that in a second. Because, again, yes, Donald Trump did talk about that on 9-11, and he said, I don't understand how a plane could go through these steel-reinforced buildings. But doesn't call him a 9-11 truther. It's not saying that Donald Trump says that 9-11 was an inside job. doesn't say that Donald Trump says that it was controlled demolition. Nothing like that. He's bas- Donald Trump's basically making the statement, I don't understand how it could have happened. And, and somehow that means Donald Trump had something to do with the time travel experiment. So 
Remember that. Remember that. Donald Trump says he doesn't think a plane can fly through a building, and somehow that implicates him in 9-11. Just like everyone who looked up and said, oh my god, how, how can this destruction be possible? Are we all implicated in this? But that's not where... I'm saving the death blow. Defeating the sun has the best info for last. He puts up this little picture of stuff, right? He puts up this little infographic, and it's all this list of information, and he says, I'm not going to read it out to you, but you can pause the video and read it yourself, which is hilarious to me because it makes me think that even he knows it's nonsense. It's definitely nonsense enough that he didn't want to waste his time reading it. Unfortunately, I had to. And this ties it all together with a nice little bow. Remember 88? Remember you have to go 88 miles an hour to go in time in Back to the Future. Now, the planes weren't going 88 miles an hour. They were going way over that. None of the planes were United 88. There weren't, you know, if you added up the ages of everyone and divided by 12, everyone didn't add up to 88. No. He ties 88 into Donald Trump. And nothing to do with time travel. Nothing to do with time travel. So somehow, back to the future, the car goes 88 because they knew that 88 was Donald Trump's favorite number. So here we go. This is the list of proof that we have Donald Trump's favorite number is 88. Trump spent $88 million on his election. It's not true. He spent $65 million. I had to look all this nonsense up. Trump had 88 events or campaign stops during his campaign. Not true. He had 323 stops. Flat out lying to us at this point, this infographic. Trump's cousin, Thomas P. Trump, died one year before Trump's inauguration, 88 days before he turned 88. Flat out not true. Trump doesn't have a cousin named Thomas P. Trump. It was a meme that went around that somebody wrote and thought it would be funny. Didn't exist. Guy never existed. He said that 88 appears at every Trump rally on his podium. And I couldn't verify that, but I'll tell you right now, I know for a fact that's not true because 88 is gang code for Hail Hitler. And a lot of people know that. And if Trump had 88 on his podium at every single rally he held, that would be huge news. That is not, you. this guy may think that 88 means back to the future, time travel, but to anyone who's ever spent any amount of time on the street knows 88 if you see a guy wearing a jersey that says 88 on it do not assume he's a back to the future fan so if donald trump was walking around with 88 on his podium that would have been the the biggest controversy of the election it's not a you can't be like i'm a big back to the future fan my election's going 88 miles an hour also 14 i mean like people there's no way he would be able to get away with putting coded messages like that that are even vaguely close to gang symbols at all anyways where was it going oh yes 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 so he wraps it up with this actually no he wrapped it up then then the official video he goes oh yeah and donald trump time traveler uncle tesla all that stuff Baron Trump, all those stuff. He wraps it up. Video ends. And you're thinking, that that's dumb. Like, it, it, it's funny because the conspiracy theory, I think, I almost feel like I want to give this guy a helping hand. I'm not going to. I almost feel like I could help him, like, partner with this dude to give him some tips on how to craft a good conspiracy theory. And I've covered that multiple times. He has a good angle. The coming up with the idea of the buildings, the planes not crashing into the building, but the planes going back in time is an interesting sci-fi idea. And you could, from his video right now, if it gets a little bit of traction, he'll probably get one, 2,000 people to actually believe in it. And a lot of people will watch it just to laugh at him. 
But we can tweak it so we can say that, yes, the planes did go into the... The planes did time travel. And the reason why we only have the one camera angle... I'm actually riffing. I haven't thought of any of this through in my head yet. But the reason why we have the one camera angle of the first plane attacking is because those guys knew the attack was coming, which which is actually a conspiracy theory already, because those guys were Israeli and that, that kind of connects it to the Mossad. But anyways, in, in this new made-up conspiracy theory off the top of my head, those guys were time travelers who were on the second plane that traveled into the past. The second plane hits the building, goes back into the past, and they get off of it, and they wanted footage of the first plane so they could create some sort of loop of footage because this is some sort of Illuminati mind game. They need to show both planes going in. But what happened was the first plane goes into the building and travels back in time, and the second plane goes into the building and goes forward in time, and we find out in the course of this conspiracy theory that everyone on the first plane was also everyone on the second plane except for the two people on the ground. They decided not to continue their journey. So the first plane goes into the building and a time portal opens up and it goes back in time. And they go and they live their lives like normal. But now they know that they have to go forward in time for the circle to be complete for the Illuminati nonsense. No, let's forget the Illuminati nonsense. First plane was a test. All these people were basically, no, had no future, so they were paid, f- like, they're, f- they're like, here, we're going to give a bunch of money to your families and stuff like that. Okay, now that's even getting a little more unwieldy. Let's go back to basics. The first plane actually was hijacked by Al-Qaeda, and instead of crashing into the building, went into the past. And, and, oh, dude, here's, and then what happened was in, in their timeline, everyone realized that the World Trade Center had a time portal in it and it became this huge dystopian future because countries were fighting over the portal. So the plane that went back into the past had to plant bombs in the World Trade Centers to bring them down. And that way it would cover for the fact that there were time portals there. So it was a controlled demolition. It was totally controlled. I'm actually... I don't believe in any of this, but you understand, like, that is how to create the theory. And that was 100% off the top of my head. That's how you do it. You can have time travel airplanes and stuff like that. The theory that I just came up with off the top of my head, and you, there was those parts where I was kind of stopping and having to discard elements, is 100% more cohesive than anything this dude put out. Like, his video is absolute nonsense. It just jumped. There's no theme going through it. And he, again, never really states, was it a time travel experiment? Was it on purpose? Was it an accident? Where are the planes now? My made-up theory at least accounts for a lot of questions. Why the planes just, there wasn't a lot of wreckage of the planes and the buildings coming down because they went back in time and then had to hide the existence of time portal. Time portals are still up there, but now they're in the middle of nowhere. So it's, it's less likely that some guy's going to be working in his office and go to the bathroom and then end up in 1884, a witch is chopping him up. Now, just the, the portals are there. Oh, and those lights, where they had that giant light shoot up in the air, that was basically trying to deactivate. No, no, no. That was trying to send a message to the time travelers that the mission was successful. Wait a second. This is a horrible theory because that means the people who went back in time planted those bombs and killed everyone in the World Trade I forgot about all the people who died in the World Trade Center. But, 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 all that being said, that is a more cohesive... That conspiracy theory, if someone put it out there, I predict, if I was an unscrupulous person, I could just make a YouTube channel with nonsense like that and I'd get 10,000 subscribers 
overnight. Maybe not overnight, but in a far shorter period than this channel does. A lot of people don't like debunking stuff. And I'm glad you guys do stick around and listen to the show. I'm glad you guys enjoy the show. But I mean, really, like I'm competing with a lot of people who put this nonsense out. Much bigger channels than mine. And it's just, I'm not... I'm not bitter or anything. It's just a different lane. I've quoted this statement before. Some guy says, you never get rich writing books saying UFOs don't exist. So, I mean, you know, I be- I'm not as skeptical. I'm more skeptical on conspiracy theories than I am on paranormal events like UFOs or aliens and ghosts and stuff like that. But conspiracy theories are just, they're almost always built on quicksand. <laughs> That's your second quicksand reference for the day. But I'm going to read you the rest of this Donald Trump quote. I was shocked when I heard this quote. Now, again, I went to find out what the context was of this because I first heard this Donald Trump quote on this weirdo's YouTube video and I thought, where's this coming from? So I had to go find, and I did, I, and it's in the link, it's in the show notes. I found, I can't believe this isn't more popular. I found the interview he was doing with the radio station the morning of 9-11. And he does say the whole quote and then, Folks, I think you know if you were ever up there, they were quite narrow. And in between, there was this heavy steel. I said, how could a plane, even a plane, even a 767 or 747, or whatever it might have been, how could it possibly go through this steel? Next sentence. I happen to think that they had not only a plane, but they had bombs that exploded almost simultaneously. Because I just can't imagine anything being able to go through that wall. Was Donald Trump a 9-11 truther and nobody knew about it? That was a weird quote to accidentally stumble across. I, I, I was shocked that he didn't include this part on his YouTube video. I'm actually shocked that nobody, as far as I know, has ever found this. I think this might be a Dead Rabbit Radio exclusive as far as like conspiracy stuff goes. I don't know about today, but at some point, it sounds like Donald Trump was a 9-11 truther. The world is so weird. And it took an idiot's YouTube video to expose the truth. Hats off to you, Defeating the Sun. It wasn't the truth you wanted us to hear. But it might have been the one we needed to. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into Jira tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. 
Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.